Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is dedicated in celebration of the birth of baby boy Hurizadeh to Ora and Natan, sponsored by Auntie Daphna and Uncle Jake Mancher, Mabruk and Mazaltov. As well, uh, we would like to say uh, uh, that uh, Breakfast on Class is dedicated in loving memory of Margalit Maisie Isaacson. Alea Shalom Lilunishmat Margalit Badrab Aaron Mer Mezi, sponsored by her loving family, Lisa and Nathan Lowe, children and grandchildren. My friends, uh, last night um, I had the opportunity uh, to say a few words at the wedding of the Beta and Reich families. And uh, at that wedding, I uh, uh, I was approached by someone who tell, told me I'm a daily listener and I love what you said under the chuppah. Could you please expand on it and share it with, in the class? So I said, well, how often do you listen? You know, some of these guys that have all sorts of advice, they never listen. He says, Rabbi, since you started, I haven't missed a class. I think we have on Spotify something like almost 460 classes of these daily classes or something like that, okay? So the guy, he didn't miss one class. I told him, okay, you don't miss one class, you have, a right to, you have a right to ask. So I want to share with you the idea and expand the idea that I spoke about uh, under the chuppah. You know, there's a, a fascinating exchange that Abraham has with Eliezer. Abraham says, you know, I'm getting old. My son, he needs to get married. I, need to, I want to make sure that he's taken care of, Right? It's funny, because Abraham is really almost always a man who does this kind of thing by himself. Very interesting, right? Abraham, where else do you find Abraham sending people to do the job? Abraham is a man of action. He does the job himself. You know, they say, you want something done? Ask a busy person. Right? The guy who has tons of time on his hands, doesn't do anything, that kind of guy, right? is a reason why he doesn't do anything, right? Because he can't get anything done. The guy who's so busy, he doesn't have any time on his schedule. You get him to do something, it's going to get done. Avraham is a man of action. Everything he does, he does himself, right? The only time we find Avraham outsourcing is he tells his son to go and run and get the food last week for the, uh, for the orchim, for the guests. But meanwhile, when he tells his son to run, he doesn't sit back in a recliner. He runs himself to go get the other part of the meal. And the rabbis explain that he was involving Yishmael uh, in, the, in the getting of this, uh, what's it called? In the getting of the food in order to be mechanechim, in order to give him education for mitzvot. So Avram is someone who always deals with things himself. The Gemara says that it's a mitzvah incumbent upon the parents, a father specifically, to marry off his daughter, right? To marry off his children, to teach his children uh, a, 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 a parnasah. So if it's a mitzvah on the parent, by the way, all parents should know this. We have these beautiful newfangled ideas that the kids have to go and find themselves their own uh, shiduch. Maybe in the world of Shadchanim, the parents get very involved, but in the more modern world today, the kids go out and they find themselves who they want to get married. It's not the Torah way. You have to be involved. You have to offer opinion. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to tell them. I don't want to say anything. That's not how we roll. 
Mechila. That's not how we roll. And sometimes a young couple needs, I'm not saying you force your children. I'm not saying you force your parents, at least to be involved, to offer some advice, to tell them uh, about a red flag that you might see, or maybe something that's a green flag, that something is not an issue or not a concern. So a person should be involved in the most important decisions that their children make, at least, uh, like I said, at least to give some sage advice. So Avraham sends Eliezer, go find a wife for my son, for Yitzhak. Eliezer travels to Haran, he goes to this place, and he looks up at Shammai and he says, how am I going to find the right person? How's it going to be? Where am I going to find this, this uh, perfect shiduch for Yitzhak Avinu? So he makes a deal with God. He makes a deal with God, literally. The Gemara actually even judges whether or not what Eliezer did was appropriate. If he was Shoel Kehogen, if he was asking according uh, to what was right. But he turns, he turns to the heavens and he says, Hashem, please, I need you to fulfill uh, my mission. I don't know who the right person is over here. I don't live in Haran. So I'm asking you, please, the one who is right for Yitzhak, please, this is the deal. I'm going to stand by the well. She's going to come. Not only is she going to feed or give us to drink, she's going to say, even your camels I'm going to give to drink. That woman, that's the one that you're showing me is the right one to marry Yitzhak. Now, my friends, this condition that Eliezer makes, it's a strange condition. Now, I want to go back to the Gemara for one second. The Gemara says that it was, it was Shalok Hogan. He asked inappropriately. Why? Answers the Gemara, what if someone who fulfilled the condition wasn't the right Shiduch for Yitzhak? What if she had a problem? What if she was uh, not healthy? What if she was a Ba'alat? She couldn't walk properly. She couldn't, right? The Gemara, though, it doesn't say that what he asked for was inappropriate. It says that the fact that he asked in general was inappropriate. Because it could have wound up being someone who was, uh, you know, had a ba'alat mum, was uh, unfortunately unwell, unhealthy. And then he would be stuck with her. But what he asked itself, the Gemara has no problem with it. And my question is, why, why is that the thing? Why is that the important part? that she's going to say, also, I'm going, to feed, I'm going to feed the camels. And I want to share with you something that I think is very powerful, okay? You know, it's, it's, I think, maybe one of the biggest challenges that we have in marriages today, when people come and they have issues and they want to speak it through, almost always the issue is mismanaged expectations. She thinks she was going to get this. He thought he was getting that. She feels he should be doing this. He feels his mother is that. This one, no, 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 no. But if they were able to actually have their expectations under control, if they were able to accept each other as they are, not as they wish them to be, that's actually the truest meaning of what Ahava is. To accept the person as they are, to love them and to see them positively, even not when they're not in their best light. If a person's capable of doing that, that's what love is. My friends, that's what Eliezer was saying. I don't want someone who's only willing to feed the human being. I want someone who's willing to feed even the animal, feed even the beast. Even when the, your partner is maybe not behaving in a way which you feel is right. You're still willing to feed that. You're still willing to be involved. 
You're still willing to hang in there. You're still willing to try and influence the person for the best. What a remarkable concept that is. That what Eliezer was looking for was not a ba'alat chesed to a, a, a person of stature, but even a person who was low, who was nothing. My friends, if you take a look in the parashah last week, you realize that we made a big deal about Avraham Avinu and his act of chesed, and we just gloss over the chesed of Lot. And if you look, actually, even the words are the same. He's doing this for them, he's doing that for them, he tells them to rest, he tells them to eat, he tells them to wash their, their feet, he tells them all the same things. And Avraham is the best, and Lot we don't even mention. And the Briska Rav explained that the reason for that is because when Avram welcomed guests into his home, who did he welcome? He welcomed men. He welcomed Arab travelers. He welcomed idol worshippers. Who is Lot welcoming in his house? The Pasuk says, Malachim. They appeared as angels. So Lot invited angels in. Well done. Eliezer was a famous person. Eliezer was a, uh, was doleu mashkemi toratosh rabo. He was a rosh yeshiva of the yeshiva of life of Avraham Avinu. So you know what? You're going to go and feed me some water? Well done. That's not enough. I want to see how you are when the person is gamal. Now, it's interesting. In Hebrew, the word gamal is associated not just with the word camel, but also, as we say every day in our tefillah, gomel hasadim tobim. The rabbis explain and comment on the correlation between a gamal, a camel, and gomel hasadim tovim. What does it mean, gomel? What, is that? what does that mean to grant acts of kindness? You know, if someone uh, comes to you and they pay you $100, and you do a favor for them, so they paid you $100, you did them a favor, right? How about if they don't pay you? They tell you you're going to pay tomorrow. So who's carrying that burden? The person who does the favor. They tell you, look, I want to borrow some money. I need you to buy me these goods. I'll pay it back when I can, right? The more the favor is on behalf of the person who you did it for, the less interest you might have in giving to that person, okay? The more you're carrying. A gomel hasadim tobim is someone who's carrying on its back like a camel. Now, the amazing thing is that there's a fundamental difference between a gamal and a hamor. A hamor is a donkey, and a donkey has the ability to carry, no doubt, tremendous loads, unbelievable weight. But the gamals, what's special about the gamal is that it's capable of traveling tremendous distances. They use camels in the desert for two reasons. Number one, because of the broad foot, so it's able to walk on the sand. But much more importantly, but because of its ability to store a tremendous amount of water. My friends, the nature of a Baal Chesed is one not only who's willing to do for someone when they're not worthy, to do for someone who's a beast, to do for someone who doesn't deserve it, who's not gonna pay you back, but even for someone where you can't see that the benefit is going to come to me for a very long time. Shilomo HaMelech writes, Shelach lach mecha al Send your breads on the water. Ki yamim. For in many, many, many days uh, that bread will come back. A gamal is someone who is capable of carrying the load of gimilut chasadim for a long time. My friends, that is the, the fundamental nature of a gamal, of the gemilat chesed, of a gamal is a parent. You're changing diapers before the baby could say thank you. 
You're feeding the baby before the baby even called you Abba. Okay? Years, years later, the kid is now a toddler. He says his first words. Is his first words, thank you? How does he repay you? The more food you give him, the more poop he makes. All right? It doesn't seem like, it seems like a losing proposition. Okay? And as it goes on and goes on and goes on, you know, the child sometimes grows, it might take you 10, 20 years until the child feels um, some level of appreciation, of a mature understanding of what you've done. They feel gratitude. They show love because of what you've done. And when do they take care of you in return? That might be 50 years, 60 years after you're born. Hopefully, 120 years. But it's, it's, you're talking about half a century. The investment that you're making when you give to your children is a, an investment of gamal of such a long distance away until you receive, until you receive some benefit. So Eliezer looks to the heavens and he says to Bore Olam, Look, I know the house my, my, uh, 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 my master Abraham created. I know the way that they did kindness. And I also know that there's a fellow called Lot who comes from the same family, who kind of gets it, but not really. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's true they're from the family of Abraham Avinu. It's true they're from good stock on some level. But how do I know if he's going to be the Avraham type? of Gimilut Chasadim or the Lot type of Gimilut Chasadim. So he says to Ribbono Shalom, let it happen before me. Let them let this person show the true colors. And then I'll be able to uh, um, I'll be able to choose and to see um, if this is the right person. My friends, according to this, I think we learn a little bit about what it looks like what true ahavawad and abiding love looks like. It's not a love which is transactional. And I cannot tell you how difficult this is if you are not aware, how hard it is to get right if you are not paying attention. Because in, in our marriages all the time, we can show love, and even if the person is not reciprocal right now, even if the, we feel that they're not doing uh, what we would want them to do for us, you know, in return. But you know what? How long can we hold that? Sometimes a person's like, I did this, what, you know, we had, how come, uh, you know, if let's say as an example, he comes home and, you know, his wife is at home. How come the dinner's not ready? I'm working the whole day. You're here. Meanwhile, first of all, he's not realizing everything that she's doing. But let's say it's not one of those scenarios. Let's say she's not at home. Even without the cliche understandings of I work and you, because sometimes that's not how it works in a modern home today. Let, let's change the game a little bit, you know? Sometimes, you know, he, he shows a tremendous amount of love and what he wants and what he needs from his wife is not love, it's respect. He needs, he craves, he wants her to look to him and he should see in her eyes that she doesn't love him, but that she respects him. Because my friends, love can come with pity. Love can come with, uh, without respect at all. The person, a man needs to feel respected in his own house. Doesn't mean that he's above her. Two people can respect one another who are on equal levels, but that they feel that their opinion is valued, that their decisions are, uh, are given you know, due consideration. So the person feels, I'm here, I'm giving my thing, but I'm not getting. 
I want you to be more expressive in your love. I want you, the other side, the wife might say, the husband might say, I want you to be more intimate. I want you to be more uh, caring. I want you to compliment me more. I want, could you not argue with me in front of other people? It makes me, makes me feel stupid, etc., etc. They each are looking for something from the other. And my friends, if that's the case, all, most often, people are not capable of pulling off a Rivka where they give uh, with the Gamal mindset, where they could wait a very long time. And after a very short amount of time of them not getting what they want, the, the marriage starts to suffer because everyone's in it. They're trying to take from one another what they want to get from this marriage, from this relationship. Eliezer is looking for something else. Eliezer wants to see someone who could give to an animal. Is the animal going to ever pay you back? Never. That's the person. That's the one. You know, I remember reading, uh, uh, what's it called, about uh, one of the great tzaddikim who was walking with his grandson. And the grandson sees an ant on the floor and he steps on it. The grandfather took the kid. He says, listen, now I have to give you a pacha. I need to give you a slap. Kid says, why? I haven't stepped on an ant. He says, if you could step on an ant, then you could step on an animal. If you could step on an animal, you could step on a person. You could step on a person, you could step on your family. You could step on your family, you could step on Hashem. But it starts with a lack of care, of concern, of compassion, even for an insect. I'm not telling you you're not allowed to kill a mosquito that's going to sting you, that's going to you know, give you a disease, a, a West Nile virus, I don't know, a bug that might sting someone in sukkah. I'm not telling you you're not allowed to kill bugs. But the message he was teaching his child was this compassion, even for somebody or for something that can never pay you back, that can never give you anything, that you have nothing to worry about. It's not like they could, you know, they could hurt, harm, harm, harm your future. And, and you know what's so special to me? About, uh, about this, is that there seems to be an interesting correlation between Rivka and this Gamal. Because when she finally agrees and she comes back and she sees Yitzchak, what does the Pasuk say? Vatipol me'al gamal And she fell off of the camel. What camel, what is the camels here? <laughs> Why is this theme so revolved? Right? Like, do, you, do we ever mention Abraham Avinu on a camel? Never. Sarai Menu, nothing, right? right? Only Rivka, this, right? What, what's going on here? And the answer is, and this is so, so special. Listen to this, my friends. What does it mean, Vatipol me'ala gamal? What did she see about Yitzchak? She fell in love, so she fell off like, wow, starstruck. She saw Yitzchak was so gorgeous. She fell off the camel. That's what it means? Of course not. What does it mean? It means she saw Yitzchak Avinu praying in such a magnificent way. And she was able to understand that Yitzhak's midah, Yitzhak's nature, uh, was of such an exalted state. Rivka also came from such a wonderful midot. But my friends, sometimes when a person, when they come into a wedding and they think, or into a marriage, or into a relationship, or into a business partnership, or, or into a, any partnership where you're trying to do something together, people come, they come with their own, uh, their own value in the proposition. You know who I am, you know how many buildings I sold. Do you know how many startup companies I uh, brought to market? You know how many, you know, uh, uh, what's it called, t-shirts I sold Walmart? And they come with that ego into the partnership. And the nature of that ego in the partnership can only be divisive. 
Because each person is thinking or trying to pull towards them. Rivka sees Yitzhak in this moment of tefillah. She knows she's going to be introduced to him. She takes this unbelievable midah that characterized her. And she came down from that midah. And she met him, not where she was above him, but on, on like they say, on solid ground, on terra firma, so that they could be introduced in the same way. My friends, there's nobody, not a single person on planet Earth who is perfect. There's not a single person on planet Earth that's capable of maintaining uh, a perfect uh, life or, or straight line. The challenge that each of us face is in how willing we are to be able to extend that hand to be gomeh hasadim tobim to the other person and to tell them and to appreciate them and to understand them and to show them that compassion to be able to ultimately build them up. My friends, if you didn't get married yet, work on this. Work on seeing someone and recognizing that ultimately there's no such thing, none, zero, as a perfect person. Stop looking for them. They don't exist. If you are already married, recognize that your partner is also, is not perfect, in the same way that you are not perfect. So learn to love the whole person. Learn to understand that whole person. Understand that their values and the things that make them wonderful, the things that make them great, you know, it's, they act as the things that are worthwhile in engaging in this loving relationship. And yes, there are other parts, and they may be not as pretty and not as sweet and not as nice. But you know what? On balance, on, uh, on the balance sheet, at the end of the day, you walked away with a tremendous profit. Focus on that profit. Could you imagine someone at the end of a tremendous business deal? He buys a, he sells, buys a building, and then he sells it for a billion dollars profit. Afterwards, you come to the guy, wow, you bought the building. You sold it for a billion dollars profit. You must be ecstatic. The guy says, no, no, I'm not happy. Not happy, why not? He says, look, I bought the building. The building cost me $500 million. Yeah, but you sold it for one billion five. Yeah, but I would have rather not had to pay for the building. Whoo, how do you sell a building you didn't buy? How do you sell a building you didn't pay for? How do you get a profit from something where there was no cost? There's nothing that comes with no cost. There's no one that comes with no cost. Just see the cost as the price you pay for the wonderful parts of the person. And then when you see it that way, then suddenly, even if they don't change, even if they don't become what you wish they would be, you can love them as they are. And that's why Eliezer uh, goes to this. And I think that this is part of what Abraham sends Eliezer instead of going himself. If Abraham goes and Abraham looks for this person, perhaps uh, a young girl who sees a Sadiq like Abraham is trying to impress Abraham, the greatest Baal Chesed ever. Perhaps she's trying to impress her rich future father-in-law, so she'll go the extra mile. But when you see Eliezer, who's not, Eliezer is the, the, the servant of Abraham Avinu. He's not an Abraham Avinu. Maybe there, what he'll witness, what he'll see, will be more genuine and won't be colored by interest. It will be genuinely coming from a place of true compassion, of true kindness, and true giving. May God bless us to marry partners like that. May God bless us to be partners like that. And may God bless us if neither of us, neither us nor our partners are like that. 
to become partners, uh, become partners like that. So um, I, I, my homework for today is for everyone to try and find something that is ex- extremely valuable and extremely wonderful about your partner. And the second part of the homework is to try and accept, find something that's on your list as the price you're paying. But to see each of them, to say, this is the profit and this is the cost. And if I want the profit, I have to accept and I have to love the cost. The cost is what brought me uh, that profit. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi